Christmas. Good evening. Shabbos Pashas Truma. Tonight is a Shkedish other. Customary in many homes. It's probably customary in all homes, but not everybody remembers to do it. Not everybody, not everybody has it to do it. To put up tonight, Mishinichna's other sign, which says Mishinichna's other Marvin Besimcha. As the month of other enters, Tara tells us we begin to. Add, enjoy, this goes on until we see any kind of mention of stopping. The only time it ever gets mentioned is Mishinichnas of Mimaitin Besimcha. When the month of Av enters, then we decrease in Simcha. Question is, we know Ibdu as Hashem Besimcha. A service, a form of service to God. It's through Simcha. The way to serve God is through Simcha. So how does that coincide with the words Mishinichnas of Memait and Besimcha? Then in the month of Av, we decrease in Simcha. Chas v'shalom. We have to always be Besimcha. Liyais Besimcha Tamid. On that basis, the Rebbe says, Correct. We can't decrease Simcha. But Shulchan Aruch says, Mishinichnas of Mimaitin Besimcha. And the Rebbe says, The Rebbe says, you have to put the accent on the right syllable. Not me. Why not? First of all, I don't drink beer. It's not beer. It's not beer. Any kind. Secondly, I'm a very, very strong antibiotics. I can't think of it. Okay, good. I don't like beer. I don't like the taste. See? You have to put the accent on the right syllable. When your accent is on the wrong syllable, you can distort a word. But there's also punctuation marks that have to go in. 
we put punctuation that we know where to stop and where to start, where to pause, where to continue. So the Rebbe therefore translates, says, just get a spoon from the kitchen and pop it up. When the month of Av comes in, we decrease in our problems. How? B'simcha. And therefore, Mishinichna's other Marbim B'simcha is a continuation. Because when we say, when we continue with our problem that we had last week of new and improved, yeah. incidentally, I got a beautiful email last week from somebody from Atlanta, Georgia. I thank him for it, as I know he listens to each week this year. May God bless him, the same blessings he gives me with health and longevity and happiness. And the subject of his email was new and improved. <laughs> so the new and improved concept of Mishanichna's other, the month of other is a new month of other. It's not the same month of other of Tavshinayin Aleph or Tavshinayin or the years before. It is a new other. It is Tavshin Ayin Beis. It's Mishanicht Nas Other. As this month comes in, Marbim B'Simcha, we have to add in Simcha, we have to intensify our happiness. We have to intensify the joy. Look around us. <laughs> and let's get real. What are we happy about? What are we celebrating? What are we so happy about after all? Story told. A chassid was once traveling to the Balshem And as he was traveling to the Holy Balshem, He didn't have a car, obviously. Nor did he have a horse and wagon. And his form of travel was his feet. And a bitter winter cold night, when you embark on such a journey of a day or two walking, you enter into, men, you enter into many trials and tribulations. And so too did the Chassid. And he's walking through the bitter cold forest. And his bones are frozen to the core. I don't know, we ordered something about these glasses business. It's getting serious. Um, <laughs> but as he's walking, according to his GPS... There was an inn not far off. Now, you can well imagine that the GPS is as good as the hotel in the time of the Vashem to 300 plus years ago. And lo and behold, the inn came to focus and he made his way. And you know how it feels, even if it's a mile. But if you know at the end of that mile, the end is there. 
<laughs> Someone said today, to the pessimist and the optimist, who are always worrying about your glass of water, I have a message for you. I drank it. Signed, the opportunist. You missed a good line. The opportunist drank the water that the pessimist and optimist keep measuring on a half cup. Says, why sit and wait? When you have an opportunity, when opportunity waits for you, and you see at the end of the tunnel that light, so the optimist says, I'm getting out of the tunnel. And the pessimist says, it's an oncoming train. When you see that light that you finally know, the end of this horrific ordeal is coming near, you take on a different, takes on a different dimension. And so too the Chassid saw in the distance the inn. And this immediately alleviated all the pain that he was feeling. It made everything so much more easy, so much easier, so much calmer, so much more pleasant. And as the Chassid entered to the inn, he paid in full for the night. And he got his David Mayrim and he went to his room. He's been walking all day. He's freezing cold. Although he warmed by the fire and technically he warmed his body again. The cold sometimes saturates the bones and you just can't shake it off sometimes. And he's lying in his bed in his room and there's a clock hanging in the room. Now you have to realize what a clock is. For us who have digital clocks or rely on our cell phones or other watches we don't appreciate this part. If you look on the wall, there's a clock. Usually that pendulum is supposed to work. The pendulum? Yeah. And the pendulum will go back and forth. As the pendulum goes back and forth, you hear the movements of the clock. Click, clock, click, clock. It ticks. Now... We don't hear, we don't understand all the languages. We don't hear all the messages that we get from God. We sometimes don't recognize or hear or realize there's an actual message. The Chassid was very fine-tuned. And he was fascinated what he was hearing from this clock. This clock had a very joyous tick to it. You know the story with the Hungarians. There's a town they didn't let any Hungarians live there. 
They threw out all the Hungarians. There's one lady who was Hungarian, but she wanted to live in the town. So she fine to open the bag of chips and have chips and stop making them crazy. And he had prepare some chips. And he fine to open it. I'm not going to eat a closed bag. <laughs> he fine. She fine tuned her her accent there in such a way that you couldn't tell she was Hungarian. Oh, this was fresh out of the oven, baby. Cinnamon, yeah, cinnamon and vanilla. They smelled the baking and I wasn't bringing any. Oh, oh. I didn't smell anything. <laughs> 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 you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> it was cinnamon and vanilla. Now you smell it? <laughs> and... <laughs> As you listen to the tick tock of the clock, it tastes very good. As you listen to the tick tock of the clock, they don't need it. They're not even yet. <laughs> not even those. They don't have to eat them. I don't care. I'll put them back. He listened to the tick tock of the clock and he started to hear a very joyous sound. How exciting this clock was. And it was so joyous, it was so happy, the clock. The tick tock, oh, excuse me, we're talking about the Hungarian lady. She fine tuned her accent and nobody could recognize she was Hungarian. And she lived in the town for many years until one day she had to go to the doctor. She wasn't feeling well. And she came to the doctor and the doctor examined her. And the doctor listened to her heart. The doctor started to scream, get the Hungarian out of here. And she says, doctor, stop screaming. But please tell me, doctor, how did you know I was Hungarian? He says, everybody else's heart goes tick, 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 tick. Your heart is going tick, attack, tick, attack. So that's how you figure out she's Hungarian. She asked for fatherful. Yeah. And Shlishkis. That's tomorrow, huh? <laughs> Can I have please two pounds of cold for? Anyway, the hustler heard the clock. No, 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 that's not cold for. The ones with the potatoes. No. <laughs> The coleslaw with the potatoes. And the clock gave the chosen such joy he couldn't sleep. And he tossed and he turned. He tossed and he turned. And finally... The simcha was so great, he started to clap his hands. He started to clap his hands and he couldn't take the joy. It was still even greater. He jumped out of the bed. And he started to dance and to sing and to dance and to dance around in circle and louder, louder, louder and harder. So finally, 
he fell on a chair from exhaustion and he sat down to learn. He opened his Gemara and he learned for the rest of the night. In the morning he davened. He packed his bag and started to leave. He saw the owner. He said, tell me if you could, please. Where did you get that clock? Ah! You were in that room? Yes, please tell me. Did you like the clock? Very much. So I do too. He says, where did you get it? And he tells him, a Jew who looked just like you came to the inn and there was a snowstorm. And the snowstorm was raging for days. And he couldn't leave. And he couldn't leave and he ended up staying a lot longer than he wanted to. And he didn't have any money to pay. I knew that he couldn't. It wasn't his fault. But I didn't want to ask him for money, but he also didn't want to stay for free. And he had this clock. He said, can I give you this clock as payment? And I said, okay. And I took the clock. This clock, he says, many people have told me, sings a very interesting song, I don't know what it is. What did he look like? And he started to describe the man. And the Chosid realized this was the Chazel of the Blin. The Holy Seer of Lublin. When the Chosid came to the Bashemtov, he told the Bashemtov of, of the story with the clock. And Bashantov told him, that clock, you know why it's so happy? It clicks, every tick it ticks, it's telling you you were a second closer to Mashiach. That's the simcha of that clock. Therefore it's imperative, every night, Chedesh Adah, we are Marab Mizimcha. Napsat Mishaniknas Ada. First night. We're happier than we were the rest of the year. Did you realize you're more. Like, I, I just realized when I was driving here. That I was like fully re, like, reboosted from the morning. There you go. Because it's a Shkodesh And this is now the game. Not the game, but this is now the mission. Mishaniknas Ada, Marab Mizimcha. No, like your spirit gets happier. We have automatically. And therefore we have to carry it and we have to use it and we have to okay. utilize it. As Shulchan Aruch it says, hmm? Aruch it says, if a person has, if a person has a court case with a non-Jew, you're not good until you taste one of those. One is vanilla, the white one is vanilla, and the brown ones are cinnamon. Ah, alright, people, don't talk, don't forget it. Don't force them. We have people that, that like these things. 
chocolate because <laughs> You're a lousy salesman. You sell the whole coleslaw with the potatoes. Exactly. With the shlishkis. I've actually a good sale for them. Yeah, yeah. You want a half, a half, a half a pound of kishka? Sorry, man, we sell the kishka by the slices, but I want a half a pound. <laughs> but we only sell them by the slice, man. I don't care how many slices. Just give me half a pound. That's what fits in my crackpot. <laughs> yeah. And they come in and they ask you, hot what? Yes? They wouldn't run over him, believe me. He would not run over him. He would flatten you out. And this is the mission of Mishinichnas Adar Marvin. The Simcha tonight being Rishchedish Adar, the Simcha intensifies stronger and stronger. We're learning this week Pasha's Truma. Pasha's Truma tells us that we have to build a Migdash for the Almighty God to live in. Hashem tells us, Make for me a dwelling place, a home, and I will dwell within it. Okay, let's get real now. What size would you imagine would have to be a house for God? Come on. I like to have, say I have a nice size house, but I don't see me squeezing God in the house. There's godliness within the house. God is in everything that's in the house. But can I put God in a dimension? Can I put God in a house that I can say, this is a house that fix, fits God in it? This is what I don't understand. Ah. No, no, no. Like, the whole Parsha. You know, we get Matan Torah, Parsha, and you draw. Parsha Mishpatim. Moshe is still in Harsinai? And in Shuma, he's still in Harsinai? No. He's already packed into the court. But you, you already broke them, though. But it won't get mentioned until Kisisa. Right. So we're together. Why say, give me a house while you give this home We're going to get to that. Actually, it's a very interesting point. We're going to get to First, let's get into the concept of the house. There's a story told. It's actually a muscle, a parable. The businessman was once flo- traveling. In the olden days, travel was usually via boat. He left Russia and he was traveling to a far off land. And he was sleeping at night in his cabin, and the boat hit something hard, Titanic style. And he felt the jolt and almost threw him out of the bed. And he jumps up, puts on his clothes quickly, and he sees the water coming in from everywhere. He jumps into one of the lifeboats and starts screaming for somebody to help, anyone around. <laughs> and the boat is tipping already. Before he could say another word, the boat, the lifeboat slides off into the ocean, the boat goes down. He had in each lifeboat there were blankets and everything, he covered himself. And what else can he do now? He's in the middle of a, a dark ocean. Covers himself, says Shema, and goes to sleep. He wakes up, he hears people laughing, children laughing. 
He opens his eyes. A bunch of people around him. Who, where am I? And they said, what? And obviously, he didn't know their language, nor did they know his. He starts to get out of the boat, and they're looking at him. What is this? They've never seen a boat before. These people lived on this island, with never any use, any ever need to travel. This is a foreign object, this ship, this little raft. Meantime, he gets out, the people are very hospitable. And they were taking him, they took him in, they cleaned him up, they took care of him, gave him food and clothing. And he comes to the middle of the town, and he has a shock of his life. The streets are rolling in diamonds and precious stones. And people are just walking on them. People just walk. He says, what are you people, nuts? And he jumps on the floor and he picks one up. And he's a diamond merchant. And he's looking, he's looking and he says, he's never seen such a diamond in his life. These are worth millions. And people are just walking on them. And he starts to put them in his pockets, and he starts to fill his pockets and his inside shirt and everything, and he's putting it under his shirt, and, he, and people are laughing. <laughs> and he says, why are you laughing? And he said, why are you picking up this the sand from the street, putting it in your pockets? Hey, it's still in car. And he said to them, excuse me, what do you live on? What currency do you have here? said, our currency here is fish. Fish? I said, yes. And so, he began to dabble in fish. And he was catching fish, and he was greening fish. He knew how to catch fish, he knew how to make nets, he knew how to do things because of civilization. And he would have, he amassed hundreds and hundreds of fish. But you have to move them. you got to do something with them. So he developed a refrigeration system. And the refrigeration system kept the fish fresh. And the fish being currency, was able to support himself and had a lot, a lot, amassed a lot of fish. Bahayim. He became a fisherman. Bahayim. And the man decided that he was very, very rich now. He's going home, back home to his wife and children. Years of toil and work. But he decided he wants to go home. <laughs> Who's he asking? Nobody knows how to get him out of here. He needs a boat. They have no idea what a boat is. He's not a builder. But when there's no place the person, no person in the place, you gotta try to be one. And so he began to build and construct and to build and to build. And he built a boat. He built a boat and in the boat he put a big refrigerator to keep his fish. He's taking back his fish with him. And he filled the boat with the fish. Now he's got millions of dollars in fish. 
and he gets on the boat and he takes with him the clothing from day one that he was there because he had changed clothes by now he had to wear the clothing of the town of the city and he puts it in a bag and he throws it in the trunk and the fort anyway the journey took a few weeks and the refrigeration system on the boat was not so good upon arrival in Russia to the ports nobody was holding up a welcome sign the only thing they were holding was their nose because the stink from the rotten fish was horrific the man takes his suitcases and he jumps off the boat and he realizes the fish is all ruined he's barely sold the boat for a couple of rubles some guy bought it out of Rachmanis, had to go dump the fish and clean it out and see if it can get the smell out. And he's penniless. And he comes home, and his wife and children are very happy and jubilant to see him, but he's very depressed. I'm happy to be home, but I have nothing to support you. I spent years and years in journey, and I have nothing to show for it. The wife, in the meantime, has a suitcase and she's emptying out the suitcase. Give me a vanilla one. And she's emptying out the suitcase and she finds a heavy, heavy shirt and pants. It's the shirt and pants that he was wearing that first day when he came to the middle of the town. In that shirt and pants was all the stones that everybody walked on. He had dozens of stones. And although on the island they were worthless, he was now a multi-multi-millionaire. Can we build a house for God? Yes. Truthfully, yes, but the Torah tells us a very strange sentence. The Torah says, V'asul imigdosh v'shachanti b'socham Make me a migdash which is singular and allow me to dwell in them. It should say, "Vishachanti b'socho." Let me dwell within it. Why b'socham? Why in plural? Within them. And the answer, my friends, is the Almighty is telling us that you have to make a mikdash, and every one of us has to live within. We have to each and every one of us become a dwelling place for God we make the dwelling place within ourselves Bisocham means that God is asking that each and every one of us become a small holy temple they once asked a person that was collecting 
tzedakah for the poor people. They asked him, tell me, the economy is so bad. How's your business going, collecting for the poor people? So he said, I have a 50% success rate. He said, 50% success rate? That's phenomenal. He says, yeah. He says, my job is a 50-50 job. 50% is, I have to collect money. 50% is, I have to distribute money to poor people. So, the poor people are ready to take. So that's the 50%. The other 50%, the rich people, are not ready to give. The Pasuk tells us a very interesting word. Ve'yikhu li truma. And you should take to me truma. Technically, if God is saying the person should give truma to God, should give charity to God, the Pasuk should say, Ve'yitnu li truma. And you should give to me truma. Not ve'yikhu, you should take to me. To explain this, therefore, we say <laughs> the Pasuk is telling us that not only the tzedakah giving, the li has to be, as the Pasuk tells, the Rashi explains, li means lishmi. Uh-huh. <laughs> li meaning to my name. <clears throat> but when you take it should be for me what does that mean when a, perp- when a rich man gives tzedakah he knows he's giving tzedakah he's doing a mitzvah anybody want to take a, taste a good babka ok you're lost He knows he has a mitzvah. His part is the mitzvah of giving tzedakah. The question is, when the poor man accepts the tzedakah, we know many, many people, unfortunately, have to accept tzedakah. It's very embarrassing. Extremely degrading. They have to live on stuff. Question is, why would God do that? Why would God degrade a Jew? Makes no sense. We're children of God. Why would He degrade them when they have to come on to charity to stuck? In that case, we have to look in the Pasuk here. You should take to me. Listen to this. It'll give you a different perspective on life. God says, Liya Kesef, Liya Zov. 
The money, the gold and the silver is all mine, says God. And I have one large bank account which is called the world. Then there's distribution. I distribute my money and I have banks and bankers which are the rich people. It's not their money, it's mine. It's time for you, Mr. Poor Man, making a wedding. It's time for you, Mr. Poor Man, that needs to bail himself out of a mortgage problem. It's time for you, Mr. Poor Man, that has to pay your credit card bill, has to pay your grocery, your butcher, (coughs) or whatever else it is you have to pay. It's time for you to get some of my money. And therefore, I send you this wealthy man, Who's holding on to my money? And I give it to you, my child. And therefore, God is not God, not heaven forbid, humiliating the poor man by telling him you have to come on to charity. He's telling him, truma. And take to me a truma lishmi, to my name. Just as the person that's giving you the tzedakah is doing it full-heartedly that he's giving and he's accomplishing the mitzvah of tzedakah, so to you when you receive the tzedakah, you should receive it in a feeling of I am completing the mitzvah. Because he can't do the mitzvah of tzedakah if he doesn't have who to give it to. Why does God make it that way? Because God is fulfilling the cycle. He's not, God forbid, embarrassing, humiliating the poor man. He's completing the cycle to an extent that you, Mr. Richman, are holding on to the Picadon. You're holding on to this. Um, oh boy, how do you say Picadon in English? Huh? You're holding on to this item for me. And now I need you to move it on. To distribute it to the next customer. Distribute it to the next person. Thereby you are getting your mitzvah because you were watching it for me. Shut the mitzvah of giving tzedakah. Let's call a spade a spade. The guy who gives tzedakah feels good about himself. Either way, if he gives tzedakah because if he gives tzedakah because he wants to give it a deposit. We got a text. Picadon is a deposit. Thank you for the Skype customers over here. He has the picadon, the deposit God left by him, but it's time to move it on. It's time to distribute further. And therefore the mitzvah, it's not shot that the mitzvah is giving tzedakah. I'm happy to do it. It's a pleasure. I feel great. When I have, a guy comes to me and says he's making a wedding, and I can write him out a check. Here's $5,000, go make you the wedding. Whether I go to the wedding or I don't go to the wedding, if the guy comes later and, I, and, and he sees me on the street, he will always say, oh, I, I, I'm indebted to you forever for the help that you helped me with. And I can tell you in my own life, the people that helped me with buying the house or anything like that, how indebted I am to them forever. That helped me when I make weddings, helped me when I make smachot. I don't look at it as a degrading concept. 
I take it to me, Lishmi. I say, God, I am completing the mitzvah. The mitzvah he has to give, the same way I have a mitzvah to take it. And to take it with love. To take it with understanding that God is completing and distributing what he deposited over here and putting it now over here. There are times, and we know the famous, famous story of Yosef Makkah Shabbos. This was a different story because it was with a non-Jew. Famous story of a non-Jew that had a very, was very, very wealthy, and Yosef Makkah Shabbos did everything for the Holy Shabbos. And um, <clears throat> the non-Jew had a stargazer tell him, an astrologer told him that the money is going to go to this Yosef, all his money. He was devastated, he sold all his riches, and he put it into a major, major stone. He bought a major diamond. And he took the diamond, he sold it into his hat. He was leaving town. He crossed the bridge, a wind came, blew off the hat. A fish came and ate the diamond. And Yosef, who bought everything for Shabbos, the last minute, on Friday, the fisherman netted this fish. and said, where are we going to sell such a big fish now on Arab Shabbos? I said, Yosef Makah Shabbos never says no. It was called Makah Shabbos because he had endeared Shabbos. And they bring him the fish. The wife cuts it open and sees the diamond in the belly. So that Shabbos paid him back. So we see how God distributes from one to the next. And this is the Vikuli Truma that a person has to take to himself. Now you asked a question before. About the dwelling place of God, how this becomes a house of God. In the Rambam there are lachot that talk about the holy temple, the Beis Hamidosh, which are known as Hilchas Beis Habachira. The Hilchas Beis Habachira, the Ramam writes at length all the laws that involve making the different vessels of the Migdash. And he talks about the Menorah, the Mizbeach, the Shulchan. He does not say anything about the Aaron, about the Holy Ark. The Rambam. And the same thing also in Sefer Mitzvahs, where he enumerates all the mitzvahs that we have, the 613 mitzvahs. The other vessels are mentioned as mitzvahs, but the Aaron, the Holy Ark, is not mentioned. Perhaps we could say that according to the opinion of the Rambam, the din of making the Aaron, the Holy Ark, is different than the rest. All the rest of the vessels should be the Shulchan, the Menorah, the Mizbeach. Each one of them was made for use. The Menorah was lit, the Mizbeach. What burnt, had the sacrifices burnt on them. 
the shulchan had the breads, showbreads. And therefore each one of them is enumerated in Hilchas Beis HaVachira. The Ark, in turn, had nothing done with it. There was no service that was done with the Ark. There was no service that was done with the Ark. But to do this, through the Holy Ark, we found the Holy Temple. And not only we found it, but through there, that is where, ultimately, the Holy Shechin arrested. And therefore, the making of the Ark, the Etzim the reason of making the Ark, was so that the Shechinah could rest in that spot. And that's what it says at the end of the Pasha, where it says the Arun, that you should know, the reason that it's there, it's made, you should know that that's where I am. We find that between the Mishkan that was in the Midbar and the Mishkan that was in Shilai, which were the tabernacles, and the time that the urn was not there, the Mishkan lacked Kedusha. Masha'in came when the Besamikdash, the holy temple, was erected on the Harabais. Even though the urn was taken away from there already, in spite of that, the Shekhinah still rested. That place is still holy. The Holy of Holies, the Kedush Kedoshim, where the Oren was resting, till today is considered the Holy of Holies. And when a person davens, they have in mind to daven to Kedush Kedoshim. And therefore the whole concept of the Shekhinah was, the whole concept of the Shekhinah resting had to do through the Oren. And therefore, the mitzvah, there's no mitzvah actually making the Oren. Because even after the Oren was not in its place, the earth, the ground where the Shekhinah was resting, the ground where the Shekhinah found itself, that is now sacred. Because that area has now become holy where the Shekhinah rests. In, even though the Aran is not there, and therefore the Aran itself is not the mitzvah. The, the Pasuk tells us three items were used Zohov, the Chesef, and the gold, silver, and copper. Gold, silver, and copper were the three. Materials used to building the Beis Hamikdash, building the Mishkan. Give you a few concepts of elaborating on these things. First of all, why did we need Nachashis? People were very wealthy. 
everybody could have given gold. Why did we not only use gold? Why do we have to use also silver? And especially, why do we have to use the copper? First of all, this is a message from God directly. That is brought down. Zov, Kesav, and Cheshes. Hint. Salam. Miralo. Son las nueve, hombre. Bienvenidos. This is what's hinted. There are three types of Jews. One is the concept of Gevura, of strength, which is the strength that comes forth from the Balchuva. That's the gold. The silver hints on the chesed, which is the beginning of tzaddikim, the righteous. And the nechashis refers to nochash, the nochash akadmeni, the serpent, which is the service of Peshi Yisrael, of people that are not doing the right thing. And the Abisha says, God says, no, we have to build all three, bring a cup. We have to build with all three. We have to only can only have a base hamigdash, a temple, a dwelling place for God, only if all three are combined. Take up Salachayim. Yeah. I'll give you a little bit of an interesting acronym. <laughs> An interesting Rashatavis, Chaim. Now bring him another cup so you can drink some water. Zav, Vachesef, and Nechashis. Now you'll take this home for Shabbos so you'll remember this. I'm sure you remember it by heart. Zav. Is Rashi Tevis? You ready for the acronym of Zerahov? Zayin Hevet Ze Hanoten Bari. The person that gives money when he's healthy. He doesn't. He doesn't wait till God forbid he's sick. But he gives the money ready when he's still healthy, and everything is going well for him. He gives the donation. Kesef. Is Keshiyesh Sakonas Pachad. When there is a fear of danger, person gives tzedakah. The person walking across the bridge and says, and the bridge starts to shake, and he says, God, if I get across safely, I'll give charity. So God stops the shaking. And he gets a little further, and he says, ah, That was just a coincidence that I was shaking, I'm fine. Forget the charity. And the bridge starts shaking again. He says, no, 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 God, I'll give, not 10%, I'll give 20%. The bridge stops shaking. And he gets a little further, and he says, oh, am I crazy? I'm going to give 20%. The bridge starts shaking again. He says, God, I got 50%. 50%. He jumps off the bridge. He says, phew, God, I got to cross myself. I don't have to give anything. <laughs> 
And then, Nechoshes, Nesinas Chayle, Sh'omar Tnu, is the giving of a sick person on his deathbed. When people told him, you want to get better, you better give tzedakah. So that's the lowest form. But there's a better one. Zahav also stands for Zeh Hamevi Ba'atzmo. The person who brings by himself on his own. Kesef is Kishahagaboyim Sevevim Pischei. When the collectors start coming to his door, then he he gives. Then there already he gives them. And the Cheshes is Nosan Chelkei Shkishafu Tchila. He only gives what he has to when they force him. Which again makes it in the lowest of forms. And this is therefore the three forms of tzedakah that the person has to give. And I'd like to elaborate on one of the most interesting mitzvahs in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Temple. One of the most interesting of the items was the shulchan, the te- little table. On it was the showbreads. And when the people came to the Holy Temple, why were they called the showbreads? Because that's what was done with them. Lechem Aponim doesn't necessarily mean showbread. But this is called the show. Why was the showbread? When people came, they lifted up the Lechem Aponim and they showed everybody. Out of all the Kalim, why was the Lechem Aponim raising up to show everybody? Dabra Melech. As his travels had many different euphorisms that he mentions in Tehillim. One is the famous Tzomolachonavshi Komolachabasari Beret Siyev Oyev Pelimayim. I am thirsting for you. My soul is essence is thirsting for you, God Almighty. Came Bakaydesh Chazisicha. So too, says Davar Melech. In the Kodesh, I should have that same feeling. Dover Melech was yearning, and he says, we have sometimes, <laughs> famous old joke, the man was walking through a desert, and he's going, I am I thirsty, I am I thirsty, he's crafting, he's crafting. Finally, someone had such rachmanas, they took out a bottle of water, and says, here, Mr. Drink. He makes a bracha, and he drinks the water. He's farta yitz, he starts to quetch now. I was I thirsty. I was I thirsty. Here he says, when a person gets his water, he's not thirsty. Dabar Melech says, I'm now in a desert. I have a tremendous yearning to connect to God. I want that this yearning should continue when I'm in the house of God, when I'm in the Beis Hamidosh, I should still have that same yearn, that same burn. That's what I'm looking for. Zoktun's the lechem upon him. Therefore the showbreads tell us a message. We all know the showbreads were baked on Friday and stayed on the table till the next Shabbos. And they didn't just stay there, they stayed warm and fresh. They had the same scent as the uh, baking over here, for those who could smell. 
And this was the message everybody was shown. That fervor, that yearning that you had on your way here to come to the Holy Temple, should continue whilst in the Temple. And continue too when you leave the Temple. You should still have that yearning and that wanting to connect with the Almighty God. And to shep, to gather Kedusha, to gather, gather sanctity. They shouldn't just leave you. And a chassid comes to the Rebbe. He shouldn't just have the few minutes that he's here. The few minutes of a fabrengen. That that should be my only inspiration. That's when I'm inspired. But he should be able to take that with him. And he should feel it. Not just on his way to the fabrengen when he says, I'm excited, I'm going to get there. Not just during the fabrengen when it's in, in, depth, in depth in the fabrengen. But after as well, he takes it away with him. And this is what goes with him. This is the Vyasuli Migdash for Shahanti Vasaikam. This is the way that a person has to actually make a true Migdash. And this is why the showbreads was such an important instrument in the Besa Migdash. And therefore we daven that on this very Shabbos, which is already into the month of Adr, and we said Mishinichnas Adr Marbin the Simcha. We should actually marbin, we should add to the simcha, to the simcha, to the main and full simcha, the simcha of Bias Goyot Tzedek, of Eskaldus, of Melech HaMashiach.